Please note, this episode contains some strong language. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. I knew that I was going to laugh from the minute we started <laughs> this. I've already laughed. So I am an Listen, can I just start a preface this by saying nobody enjoys me more than me. I am my own biggest fan. I love myself. I love myself. So let's just get that out of the way. Is that no what your parents tell you growing up, you know? You can't how same to go to love you if you don't love yourself. I mean, that's like RuPaul. RuPaul. But there is sort of there's a really nice sentiment in that which really, I mean, I know I jokingly say I love myself. I kinda I mean I'm not perfect, but I'm, I cottoned on a long time ago to be like, this is all you've got. This is all you're getting. So if you don't like it, fix it within your within whatever parameters you can. But ultimately, and I'm so thankful for everything that's going on these, these last couple of years. One of my friends who I was getting very drunk with last night, he said at the beginning of the pandemic, he was like, I'm so happy I've got my mental health. I'm so fortunate my mental health is robust going into all this. And that was right at the beginning. And I thought, that's actually perfect. It's so profound. It's it's kind of all you've got. So aye, it's nice to like yourself, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I totally admire that. I massively yeah. admire And has that been a process for you, do you think? Yeah, definitely as I've gotten older. I mean... You kind of, I think when you go into your 30s, certainly you settle, don't you? Like you get that, people go, you don't care as much and you don't people please. And I mean, I'm a needy middle child who has an actor. So it's like, need me, like me, love me. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was never even like, I want to be a star. It was like a kind of attention whore in the other way of going that it was a neediness, which kind of drove me, I think. And then obviously as you get older, that slightly does dissipate and you are just like, I can't be asked. I don't care. And I do care because I would I care what people think and of course I care what my loved ones think and you know I am mindful of it's it's not me, myself and I. Mm-hmm. But certainly as I've gotten older, I'm getting a bit more go fuck yourself. I don't care. Well, I mean the authenticity, that's how you connect with people. Do you know what I mean? Like I found yeah. on this podcast, I think just a long form ness of it that mm-hmm. you get a proper conversation with somebody that yeah. you know the conversations that I've had I've realized like being your authentic self mm. is like the best gift you can give yourself but also other people do you know I, mean? you I love in? that in actual fact it, I don't know if you're the same but I think we're all getting sharper certainly with these tiktokers and instagram influencers and the youtubers it's so formulaic and it's so like one of my biggest I mean listen no doing down YouTube. I I scroll like on an unhealthy amount. Yeah. My my biggest big pet peeve, and I do take the piss out of them on my Instagram is, "Hi guys, welcome back to my channel. Say something else. Be original." And, and literally, I'm like, legally, does YouTube make you say that? <laughs> Please slide in the DMs and tell me because it drives me mad. Otherwise, get your own pattern. Get some pattern. Get some pattern. Even if you were like, what are you doing here? If I had a YouTube channel, if I had a YouTube channel, I'd be like, what are you doing back here? Who do you think you are? Oh, Hi guys, <laughs> welcome back to my channel. It's like, it makes my skin crawl and then I love, <laughs> then I love the content. But I think often that we can, I, I don't know about you, I read people for a living. Obviously, I then emulate them or try to. I can spot falseness. It's like a sixth sense I've got. And I think it's because when I, all my years in River City, and you give over that part of yourself, like for want of a better word, fame or people knowing you, that's so unnatural. And nobody, nobody prepares you for that. Nobody prepares you for that at all. Sitting in the canteen at BBC Scotland, you've got more uh, know-how on that than anything. But mm. when you when you give up that part of yourself, it's almost like a transit. And I've spoken to pals that are way more famous than me, and we've said the same thing. Once you give that transactional thing, you get something else back, which is the sixth sense of you're a bullshitter, you're up to no good. I can walk into a room, read it within five seconds and be like, they're going to be trouble, avoid that table, you know, like get to fuck out or whatever. It's so weird and it's only through having had that weird thing happen to me that I'm like, oh, that's what you get out of it. So I quite like that it's give and take, it's not take, take, take. But yes, YouTubers, I can tell when you're bullshitting. (laughs) And people. I've just realised 
that we've got so deep, which I'm just so appreciative of already. Like we're getting to <laughs> we're getting to the good stuff already. Yeah. That I've just bypassed the fact that I've not introduced you. Oh, get that introduction done! Come on, Gary Lamont. This Yay. is like this is such a joy to be doing this. Thank you so much. Like I knew this is what it was going to be. I knew it was going to be brilliant, mm. and it's already wow. brilliant. But like literally four minutes, five, fifty seconds. Is, is it an hour? Are we doing the hour? I usually, yes. usually is. I, I tend to just feel the vibe. Yeah. Deluxe version, part two. Um, <laughs> thank you. Listen, and I was saying to you before we started recording, you were the first person to ever ask me to do a podcast. Which I can't believe. Yeah, and, and this is officially the first time I've done a podcast. So I'm glad there's this sort of poetic justice in you asking me first and me this being the first one. That's so okay. I'm delighted no, to do it. And, you know, Obviously, our listeners can't see, but you've gone to great lengths to make sure this is... I have got a booth delivered to my house in West London. The booth is two clay's horses and a scabby old duvet. <laughs> I'm sweating. You are sweating, but I'm sweating too, so we're both yeah. sweaty together. Thank God it's, it's not a visual medium. <laughs> but uh, just to touch on what you said there about um, being authentic and being yourself and that being a process and that you know and I think being someone who's going to be 40 this year I'm starting to be a wee bit more all right with that I'm not all right with it I'm intrigued what in what way are you not okay with being 40 well no, I'm like, okay with well I don't know if I'm okay with being 40 but being okay with me okay is what I mean oh, okay. okay yeah totally because I think as a people pleaser and I think yeah. there's something within the arts yes um, being, we're constantly uh, looking for validation uh-huh. and we're constantly being picked that's my biggest bugbear right now. It's that yes. being picked, putting your work out there and going, oh, you're not being ordained today, therefore you aren't getting the job. It's like, that's, I'm starting to bristle against that for the first time. And I think that's just self-respect. <laughs> Hopefully self-respect. It's so difficult the way. Like, yeah. you don't realise, you just think, this is what it is. This is part, part of the course. Like, you just go on yeah. with it. This is what we signed up for. Yeah. But um, even though that I don't, I haven't gone into that performance world the way you have, you know, audition yeah. and audition yeah. and, and going up for parts. Like mm-hmm. I still think like, you know, just even be, being a freelancer and, mm-hmm. and teaching and choreographing, there's still that element of like, yeah, well, thank you so much for the job. Thank you so much. And you are and grateful. And that's interesting because you create, you know, like, I mean, I've created my own work and still kind of, maybe not the last couple of years, but it's something that I absolutely will do alongside because you have to. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting you feel like that when you, you're in charge, for want of a better expression. Yeah, it's one of these things that you just, I think making your own stuff, there's a power in that, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, when I yeah. created my dance trip, it was like, well, this is mine. Yeah. And I get Thanks for inviting me to become part of the dance trip yesterday. All all day long. Listen. I can kick my waist. Well, you know, I, I've literally like written down like triple threat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I actually wind my mum up, bless her. I'm always like, you years ago, I'd be like, I mean, I could be sitting in the splits. I could be a dancer as well. <laughs> I could be in the West End doing the can can. And she's like, you never shown an interest. You never shown an interest. Quite nice winding them up a bit. How they killed you. You were deprived <laughs> of that yeah. opportunity to win the kick line. Yeah, I don't, that. I don't know why I never showed an interest. Again, it probably just wasn't available. So who was Gary growing up then? You grew up in Castle okay? I grew up in Castle yeah. Uh, I grew up on number nine on Prior Street. Uh, kind of right in the middle of it all, I suppose. One of three. So I have an older brother, Chris, and a younger sister, Gillian. Mm-hmm. Um, Mum and dad, Grace and John. Uh uh, so weird looking back, isn't it? But like, I mean, we 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 they worked hard. We didn't have a lot, but we never never didn't. It's not as if we were like starving, and you know, we went on holidays. And I remember my mum saying, "Yeah, we didn't have a lot, but we always had fun." Like they would put on music, like this massive hi-fi system with like CDs. My dad's so passionate about music and great taste in music. The pair of them actually. Motown, Bruce Springsteen, Van Morrison, like cool. My dad's got really cool music tastes. My mum loves Ollie Mars and has been to the concert, so but she would love like Diana Ross and the Supremes and like Tina Turner and all that. Um, music was always huge, and my mum said that she was like, we just put on some music and we'd all dance around the living room or. So we we and my mum and dad have got a sort of youthfulness to them. You know what I mean? They like life. They are interesting and interested. Love that. Feel the Oprah there. Were you interesting or interested? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Double whammy. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun. It was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. And I was quite, like I'm saying, I was never like, I'm a star. When I decided to become an actor at high school, it was a bit like, oh, 
okay, yeah. It was it wasn't like what, but I was never precocious. I was mm-hmm. never like I was interested, but I was always like quietly confident in myself of going. And I remember that t- that time of going, the decision of going right to one of the teachers at high school who shall remain, remain nameless, she, like one of these guidance counsellors, was, I was like, I think I'd quite like to go to drama school and be an actor. And she was like, um, that's quite difficult, it's quite competitive. Um, why don't you become a drama teacher? And at 16, with no fucking thought in the world, no no worldly anything, I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? I literally was like, how dare you? And thus I was like, God bless me at 16 uh-huh. the, the wherewithal not, like nothing about me you know like 16 you're a child and I just remember being like you are wrong you are wrong Correct. and I am furious at you and so yeah Goodness. I mean thank God exactly thank God um, so no I was never precocious I, oh God you need to ask somebody else I don't really have that and was there like opportunities within the school itself, like high school, to, like, <clears throat> to act? Yeah, we had a really stuff? good drama. To, oh, see, that's a Name and shame! Julie Kennedy, I swear to God. See these Kennedys? Kennedys, she's your cousin. <laughs> P.S. Listen, we she has a lifeline and we really have got each other through a lot well, of this nonsense by doing that's okay. that. She can interrupt all she likes then. No, she's bloody can, eh? <laughs> I mean, I texted her to say I'm doing this podcast. The flatmate is downstairs sleeping. I've already texted her saying, stay away. <laughs> Treat my boot. And by glamour. the way, there's no glazed horses because I've used them all. <laughs> you can't hang up your clothes. We've got a funny story once. We have three. I mean, I've lived with females at my time in London, and the old flatmate, name and shame, doing for size, is a makeup artist. So she was a way load and the amount of same clothes, stripes, greys, blacks. And I was like, there's a mountain of them. So eventually I was like, she would go away for work a lot, and I was like, they're, they're constantly on this, so let me buy some clothes horses. We had, at one point, we'd five. Amazon just kept sending them. And she was like, okay, I get it. She was like, I get it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I just ordered a second one. So we've got four here. I gave one away. So we're all right for the clothes horse. This can stay up forever. <laughs> I love, I love that word, clothes horse. For those, for those who don't speak Scottish, it is um, washing, washing line in the house. <laughs> Call it. What, I was going to say, what, what does everybody else call it? Oh, actually, what is a clay horse? It's not a clay horse. Like a dryer or something? Washing dryer. That's ridiculous. Washing. What I is that? <gasps> Mind blown. It's a clay horse. I'll Google it. I'll Google it. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's the thing that you hang washing on in the house. Yes, we call it clay horse. Clothes horse. Why is it? A horse? <laughs> Why is that a horse? Why is it, a, why is it a donkey? I love donkeys. I love do- my favorite expression is "I was brain like a donkey last night." <laughs> donkeys are funny, aren't they? They're funny. <laughs> you see all these. Um, Martha Stewart's got donkeys, and Arnold Schwarzenegger's got like donkeys, rescue donkeys in the house. That's my that's my dream to get donkeys roaming free. And I mean, of course, I'd get donkey that's shit in my kitchen. But <laughs> <laughs> well, unlike your drama, your um, oh, yeah, sorry. Today, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to poo that dream. Poo-poo you that. dream big. You I will want, have a donkey I want one day. A couple of donkeys like Martha Stewart and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, yeah, no. Speaking of school, the drama department was great. Uh, Ruth Stevenson very sadly passed away last year. Um, and again, that crystallising moment of going. If I'd gone to a second teacher who I, who I respected, and if she'd gone. Hmm. I might have been swayed another way, and that's what we like. A load of my pals are educators, and they're so they're so needed, and that, that those especially for teenagers, yes. it, it's a sliding doors moment. And it had that totally. second teacher said, "That's quite hard. Go do something else." I may well have done that. Mm. So no, she was very good, and that thing of going okay, look, but took me seriously, and was like, "Here's what you need to do," and and so I sent me on my path. So. Um, I'll be forever grateful to Castlebrook High School for that first instance and for Ruth Stevenson for supporting and, and and getting me in there. Like, filling in an application form and Shakespeare, I, we don't have Shakespeare in, in Castlebrook, you know? Like, I didn't even know what that was. I just watched the uh, Zeffirelli, I did Romeo, I think, and something else, I can't remember, Liz Lockhead piece. And I just watched the, I watched the Zeffirelli end scene. That was a speech that I did. And I just copied them. <laughs> I was just like, others do that. Because I didn't know Shakespeare. It was like it was like speaking another language. It is like another language, especially us, Clay's horse and the likes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anybody that's like proficient in Shakespeare will be wondering what Clay's horse is, they'll be a way to look up. Slide into the deep, uh, call in if you know what a Clay's horse is called. 
But I really, I do admire that because some other young people would just be like, all right, like the teacher is the authority. And and the fact that you did have that gumption, that you, that inner belief. Yeah. You know, that you know yourself. Thank my lucky stars. And I suppose that is, looking back, that's testament to my parents. You know, they Mm -hmm. they instilled that without even realising me. Now looking back, you're like, everything I have is because of my mum and dad. Everything, like that sort of perfect mix of the two. Like, my dad is tough. My dad is like, ah, fuck it. Like, you know, totally gallus. Yep. And I'm, I've got that. But also my mum is, she, she's like the purest of hearts. She's the kindest soul I've ever known. And that anybody will have ever known. Like, I know we all love our mammies. Mine is the best. Um, but there's just, I'm that nice mix of, my mum's not, no, it's not to say she's not, she's not, she's not scared or timid or any of that. But me and my dad are, fuck it, let's go, you know. So I'm very fortunate to have both of that, those mm-hmm. mixes in me. So, yeah, so looking back, that was testament to Grace and John because <sighs> I look back and think, how the fuck did I decide that? But, yeah, teachers just, like, teachers, and I know it's hard. Listen, I would never profess to tell anybody what to do, but just know how important you are to those vulnerable teens, young people. They just need a bit of support, that extra ear. Sometimes all you have to do is just listen. That's right. Ah, you you don't, your input isn't needed. It's exactly. just somebody to hear you. Safe space. So um, true. Yeah, so they're true. so important. More on the educators. More on the educators, <laughs> indeed. Uh, so I'm guessing then when you said to your parents, I'm going to go and study, this is what I'm going to do, yeah. there was that support there. Oh, c- completely. And my, my like, So my, my older brother's a plumber. He's got his own business now. My sister was still at high school at the time, so mm-hmm. we didn't know what the hell she was going to do. But they were like, uh, I think my mum didn't worry about me in terms of like, I was one of those kids at school, like, I'm, I was I was good at most, except maths, really, maths and physics, mathematics, forget it, and I excel, and that's something me, I excel, um, but I could have done, most of the um, report cards and t- t- teachers' nights were like, if he applied himself, he could do this, mm-hmm. if he wanted to, so I kind of had a sort of variety of choice, so I think they were all like, who knows what I'll do, so, yeah, when I finally did decide, I think they were just like, do it do it well mm-hmm. and like apply yourself if I was like I'm going to be an actor and move to London they would be like absolutely not yeah. <clears throat> I think they were keen on education um my mum was a bit like go to get a degree in it yes. which we could do so I think because I was like I'll go to the drama school I will come out with a degree if it all goes tits up I could be a teacher I'd be the worst teacher in the world but I have a degree and I like that like I was a goody two-shoes at school I was conscientious and I was I liked school, so I liked that that primary, straight to secondary, that like stayed the whole of high school and then go straight into so by the time I was twenty one, twenty, nearly twenty two, I was done with education and I was mm-hmm. like, I like that. And what was that experience of like drama school like? I mean again I had no no I no I knew nothing, you know. So, um I did Langside College for a year. When I left high school I I went to the drama school. I was applied to Edinburgh. Edinburgh and uh, at my time it was the Royal Scottish Academy it's now the Royal Conservatoire mm. of Scotland um, I was so scared to the. I didn't turn up to the Edinburgh edition because I was so scared to go to Edinburgh even or the, to, to fathom living in Edinburgh and in actual fact we probably couldn't have afforded to have me go and live in Edinburgh that probably was never an option so again these crystallising moments of <sighs> kismet I suppose it's totally meant to be like I rocked up to the, the RSMD no clue that I didn't even know the first thing about it and they do it in stages so it's like first stage second stage and then you're invited back at like six o'clock for the last bit and they, they get it down to like six people and I so I went in blind went away for a lunch I, went, I met somebody that I liked and we chat and then I went away for a baked potato and they were like I mean I didn't have a mobile they were like phoning the house because they thought I'd done it, like they were wanting me back, and I was just okay. in the corner having a big toy. <laughs> came back, and they were like, yeah. "We need you, we need you, we need you." So I made the next round, and then but I left that that drama school and went to my high school prom. And even the teacher was like, "Mrs. Stevenson was like, you got to the end of the day," and I was like, "Ah," and she's like, "That's incredible, what?" And I was like, "I." They just kept asking me back. Totally, but like insane. Again, if I look back and if I have anything about myself, I would have. I probably wouldn't have gone. I would have been too scared. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, like delusion gets me through life. I am pretty delusional on a lot of things, <laughs> which has served me well. <laughs> I can do that. I'll do that. Hi, get me in there. So yeah, God bless delusion because it's a real <laughs> theme in my life. 
And then I made the wait list that year, that first year, and I went to Langside College as my backup. And I just, and Julie Kennedy, I've known her from Langside College. Okay. Some of the pals that I've met, Nathan McConnell, all of them I've known since then, and we kind of got each other through life. And then I went to the academy the next year. And then, but at Langside, I was a kind of golden boy because, and again, I didn't even know I was good. I didn't know I had any talent. <laughs> I was just there for a laugh. Like, I was like pushing Julie Kennedy about in a, in a, Bit, like a bin <laughs> I mean like just and, but I think Blaine. having a laugh I literally was like it was like adult play especially uh, drama sided it is play of course it is mm-hmm. so when I went to the academy I was a bit like I fell I fell off a perch because I was the golden boy and I could do no wrong and I'd all these good parts and then all of a sudden when you when I went there I was a bit of a not a known entity but I was I was liked I don't think I was respected there because I was young and I was fresh-faced and I was like, my sunny disposition has always, people like it, they're like, he's great, he's nice, but they never really took me seriously. And that's been a sort of permeating factor in my life until I've gotten older and a bit more robust and I can sort of, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm a bit more gravitas, whatever it is, but even now I still find people when I'm bright and sunny they kind of take it as weakness. Staffness for daftness. Staffness for daftness. And and, and and it's fine. I don't mind it because if they cross me, like, I, I, I mean, I'm the first to stand up for myself. I suffer no fool. Yeah. And it has double impact because if you're like, if you tell somebody off, they pay attention if it's coming from somebody like me who's quite light and bubbly. I don't suffer And did fool. you recognise that at the time or is this just in reflection that you're going, this oh, actually reflection. that's... Okay. Yeah, I was frustrated at the time. I remember mm. being like... Especially when the first casting went up, I was like, I'm getting the lead. And I was like, the fucking waiter. But I remember at the time, again, this I don't know where this divination comes from in my brain. I remember at the time at the drama school being fucking furious, raging. And then I was like, what's the lesson here? You're at mm-hmm. a drama school. There's got to be a lesson in this. Just ate me thinking they're like, he's got to learn how to be a side hustle role. But but that did permeate for me through it. So again, thank God, instead of kicking off and being a monster about it, I was like, okay, so be a good company member. Learn how to move the props, like be in charge of the set. Like, you know what I mean? I did all that other stuff. So I kind of flew under the radar. And it's so funny, my friend, Anna Donaldson's a great actress and we had a similar experience. Both talented, everyone who goes to drama school is talented. But they tend to, the people that they back in drama school aren't necessarily the ones who have the stuff to make it because a lot of people fell at my year very, very quickly because they were buttered up and they were given the the big roles. Now, listen, I'm not saying that's anybody's fault, but me and Hannah Donison, both waiter, maid, subsequently, yes. we're still doing it because yeah. we learned very quickly to expect nothing. And that's a big kicker, expect nothing. So mm. by the time I left drama school, I was like thrilled to get auditions, and just sort of rolled with it going, I, don't, I mean, I don't expect a thing. So I think, yeah, nobody's more dumbfounded than me and my, my lot of going, how are you still doing it? And successfully, I think, you know what I mean? It's like, there's no rhyme or reason to it, but I think that drama school did teach me a valuable lesson, which was mm. just get on with it. And I was kind of just left to get on with it. Like I was learned to work it out for myself in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I mean, again, it was so funny. One of my classmates used to always, like when I do stuff, he'd be like, forget you are good like you are good because of my sunny disposition and daft listen I'm the first I'm a class clown I'm the first one to jump on a laugh if somebody like fluffs a line I'm like ah! like I'm not very professional in that sense I'm the first to break I'm the first to cause a, I just like a laugh I like a bit of silliness yeah that's a if looking back I was definitely not taken seriously and I got the last laugh. I'm raging for you. And I was even there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there, like I'm saying, there is the lesson in it. It's like, mm. you deserve nothing. But, yeah, I got... So, I mean, the best part I got was in the panel because I can sing. I'm a singer. So I got... Once I was able to sing, they were like, right, well, great, you can do that. But I didn't know what. It was like check off and shake. I was like, I don't want the leads in them anyway. I don't care. And then again, for me, the thing about the drama school was... I very quickly, one of my first editions was for Rebus. I did an episode of Rebus. I mean, talk about deluded again. I was supposed to be in there for the bar- a barman, like, like 250, mate. What were you having, 250? Yeah. 
<laughs> no agents, obviously. So there was a breakdown in communication. I received this script. I learned the, best, the bigger part. So I turned up to this edition and I was like, all right, starting to read for And they were like, oh, oh, oh. See, I learned like the guy who had six lines instead of the barman two found, yes. found fifty mate. So I'd learned the six lines and they're like, oh, well, if you've learned it, let, let, let's hear it. Mm-hmm. So then we did we did we did the sex lines and then he was like and give us the the barman and I was like two fifty mate right see you later paint please whatever and then as I was leaving he was like could you could you if you got time and I was like ah oh, like yeah I'm, I'm only going back to class and it was like the old STV building so he gave me the role of the pathologist he was like can you please go and just take twenty minutes and read this twenty minutes later I went back in read for the pathologist who was like this sort of young. But now bear in mind, I look about 12, right? <laughs> so as I'm walking out, he was like, uh, he was like, Gary, you have an agent. I was like, no, we've not done a showcase yet. And he was like, um, uh, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 21. Like, not a fucking clue in my head. So in, in less than the casting director, Kelly Hendry was casting with them at the time. And she was like, they, they bloody loved you for that. But you were too, I was too young. I was far too young. But that was my first entry into screen and telly. And we got, mm. I think we got like five days of camera work, which I think has changed now. So loads of my classmates were terrified of it. And rightly so, it's a scary skill. But that opened that door of going, oh, I can do this. Deluded into thinking I'm getting the lead again. <laughs> Two lines of barman and I'm like thinking I was getting more. But again, that that sort of, that's carried but me through surely life. Surely you need an element of that. Do you know what I mean? Just to be Gumption, like, yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. I can do that. You yeah. know, it's because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to be yeah. in the back of the queue all the time. You're just going to be shoving yourself back. So, yeah, I don't regret anything in drama school because now sitting in the place I'm in, it's like it all happens yes. for a reason. And and what it did do was that uh, instead of being wrapped up in yourself, I was open to anything. It left me wide open to go and, well, I can sing or maybe I will do musical theatre or maybe I will. Um, but the minute that telly thing happened, I was like, oh, this. And I did another audition there. Like, would they put you out round of auditions before you leave? And it was for the Dundee Rep scheme, some of that. Mm-hmm. And the director was just, again, no clue. And he was he said something like, what type of actor are you? And I was like, a good one, a funny one. And again, looking back, I'm like, he was going, you're a TV actor. You have a naturalism. Your, mm-hmm. your style of acting is suited to TV. He could have told me that and saved me a few years of like, <laughs> wondering. And so that quickly became, I was like, all right, this is what I'm meant to do. I'll go that way. Mm-hmm. Keep your Shakespeare, keep your check off. I'll go do this. And is that something that you then get an agent for and they that's their job to pursue those I, opportunities? Really, but me being me, I worked I worked fairly consistently. I, I, consistently. I left drama school and worked for about a year consistently with no agent. Nobody signed me. And it got to the point where like I Callie Crawford, brilliant casting director, even better friends, like she's like my sister. Mm-hmm. And I remember phoning her at the time because she was sort of fairly new to it and we'd been exposed to her and, and she was there as a sort of mentor type thing. And I remember phoning her being like, I keep working and I don't have an agent. And she hooked me up with a sort of a guy in London called Brian and he was really sweet and we worked together for a long, 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 long time. And that's how it happened for me. Again, for me, nothing comes. It's not pure Hollywood. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's just my own way of doing it. But yeah, I did. So take heed any budding actors. I worked for a full year with an agent. Make of that what you will. But yeah, you do need an agent. You do, because they do all the boring stuff and they're in your corner. And it's nice to have a team. I have a very wonderful agent now who I I adore and will never leave. Because he's just a genius. I love him. And he's like a pal. And we can talk very straight to each other you know I hide behind him I'm like more money more people think I'm lovely but I'm a, I'm a shark I am a shark listen I respect myself in business I'm a good businessman and I will not undersell myself at all but I do it under hide behind him I'm like more money listen I'm not afraid to talk about money especially when it comes to like your time come on so, Get real. so true and I'm acutely aware like yeah. you're doing this podcast for free and I say that all the time because working in the arts like I totally get it and that's why I'm explicit with people doing the podcast because I'm like I can't How do you get paid for podcasts well I think some people if they're like podcast is huge they obviously like have like sponsors and stuff and then right. I guess if they're making enough money they could afford to pay their guests I think like if you're like Steve Bartlett or something but that's the funny thing Steve Bartlett doesn't need any more money not just the people he's interviewing. So it's so that's and again it's similar here. It's so the minute you start doing well, people give you free shit and you're like, give me it now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So 
I, I guess there'll be some people that know you from particular roles that you've played on yeah. the telly box. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you were in River City for a very long time. Eight years. Do you have, like, standout moments from that time? Yeah, my whole life. Like, I grew... I mean, I got that job when I was 25. I graduated at 22, plumbed about... Um, kind of worked consistently. Like, I did my... I, I got... the Rebus did get me back for a bit, so I did Rebus. Um, not the pathologist. I got Rebus. I did a, a still game, and I got... Bit, I just... I got just enough to be like, okay, I'll, I'll keep... Because I was saying, if I didn't work, I would have gone back and done a post-grad in musical theatre. Thank okay. Christ, that never happened. Um, but I got just enough to. It was either go back to a postgrad or go travel. That was my plan. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dried up when I was twenty-two, and it just kept me going. And so for those three years, I kind of tr- did bits. And then yeah, River City came when I was twenty-five, and I was. It was like winning the lottery. It was like again, Callan Crawford. She does permeate my life professionally and big up personally. Mm. Um, she was like. Quit your job. You start Monday. It was like ah! it was like pure X Factor moment. It was wonderful, and it's that that will never leave me. That like, and I remember they said what what money I would be getting. The, the agent would say what money I was getting per week, and it was like that was probably probably just a bit more similar to what I was making a month at that time with my sort of side hustle, and so I was like. All right, great. And I was really crestfallen. I was like, no, it's good. It's good. I was like, no, no, that is good. But like, I mean, I thought the money would be more. And he was like, what? It's great. And then, then and I was like, but is that, is that a month? And he was like, per week. All right. And I was just like, (laughs) mind blown. God, like 25. Like, so yeah, 25 to 30 was a wonderful time for me. Mm. Glasgow was popping. It was like, I had loads of pals. It was just, a really fun time, and so f- I would never badmouth River City ever, ever, ever. Like I chose to leave. I'm very fortunate mm-hmm. to have been in that position to go. Thank you, but I need to go elsewhere. We were on. We're still on great terms, and I will forever be thankful to it. And I'll never ever hear a bad word said about it because it gave me everything. You know, it gave me mm-hmm. that thing that actors aren't meant to have. I, I said yes to everything for eight years. I didn't have to worry about money. I didn't. I travelled the world. I learned how to drive. I bought a house. You know, these wonderful things that actors, the, the, the hard actor's life. I was like, what's that? You know, mm. I was gifted and totally like, and you had a laugh. I was like, it's a laugh. It's hard. It's hard work. Yeah. Again, I was young. I was a sponge and I rose to the challenge. And all the skills that I now have are because of my days there. And your screen work, and Richard Madden's an old pal of mine. We were at drama school at the same time. And we used to share a flat for a short time in, in Glasgow and he was out doing Game of Thrones and all that at the time. And he said, he was like, your on-camera experience is way better than mine because I do it all the time. Whereas he's yeah. like three months, six months. And I was like, God, you're so right. So like these soap operas get such a bad, it's hard. If, you, if you're good in a soap opera, you've got, you're good. It's like having a gun to your head. Standing there on the back lot on a Friday, five to seven, let's shoot the rehearsal, Go. See when I'm on other jobs now, like, and I've been fortunate to do like sort of big budget things, and yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. like, hurry up, move, <laughs> come on! What are you doing? I'm just like, get the horses out here, move. I do nothing. <laughs> There's something about it that I kind of I miss that. It's you're alive, you're there, yeah. your brain is. Bah, bah. Cannot switch off. Yeah. No, you know that there is. There's a lot to be said for that style of work. That it's kind of all I knew. Um, so then the decision to leave is that because you're thinking. I want these other opportunities. I want yeah. to be challenged. I want yeah. to be. And it is, yeah, without sounding conceited, I was just like River City was never meant to last that long. I, in, in hindsight, I should have left after four, maybe five years, really. But no regrets. And and the reason I said is because when I was a, when I probably would have left the with Graham Gordon came brilliant um, executive producer who did Target for years, real shoot like straight shooter shoots for the hit. And he was just like, and at that, until that point, the, the hairdressers was like, there was four of us, and like, sort of they changed up some of the cast. And he was just like, why are you not using him? He's fucking brilliant. And I think that came through our director, pal of his, who was watching the show and was just like, that boy's great. So then they started to write for me and really give me some, like, we did the first ever gay civil ceremony to be shown in Scottish television history. We did abuse, we did adoption, we did, like, you know, so they really started getting it. 
And that's what kept me there that long time. And then I just found it was like, we were slightly starting to repeat stuff. And I was like, and then they put me in the pub. When the minute they put me in the pub, and I always used to say, because that set is just depressing and it's big, long days. And you're just like, this is terrible. Um, Because it just takes ages. And Mm -hmm. the minute they put me in the pub, I was just like, I don't want this. Because then you are just, you're in, but you're going, time, that's 250, thanks. And then the drama happens. But rarely is it about you. And I don't know, just that time, and I was just like, it all kind of happened for that reason. And I was like, Amazon and Apple and like all these platforms. And I kind of just was like, I, it was always meant to be a stepping stone for me. River City is a great place to start your career and end it. It's a perfect job for that. And again, if I had family or if I was settled in Scotland, like I turned 30, I had a big breakup and I was just like, it's time. My life needs a shift. That's brave to do that because you could just be like, you know, I know what this is. I know the money. I could be Ken Barlow. Yeah. And Carleen, again, I know I keep bringing her up, but she also has been a guiding light. And she said to me early on, she was like, you will have to decide on this. They will never write you out because I loved it BBC Scotland loved it we tipped a big box I was like an openly gay character it all just worked and thank god she said that because I was a bit like how am I ever going to leave this this is amazing but thank god she'd said it because it was in the back of my head of going right I'm in charge of deciding when this is going to be and it wasn't easy at all and like listen the last few years have been fucking hard but nothing worth having comes easily and I'm okay with that Life is a big old, it's, we've got life, I'm only 38, I'm going to be 38 in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm still a baby. Some people, you know, I've still got Absolutely. a lot of life in me. And, and so, and I always thought that, I was like, I'm happy to climb this ladder. I do not need to be shot out of a cannon and be all over the globe. Mm. It's a job. It's, it's, I'm happy to pay my, pay my dues and get what's mine deservedly. Making that leap, you know, then we're looking at the likes of Outlander and yeah. the North Water, which I've watched this week. Oh, did oh you see it? Oh, it's pretty intense. Isn't so it? intense. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, we had a great time on that. I mean, that that pinched me moment. Do you know what I mean? Totally like, what? I mean, I again got the tape and was like, I'm not getting this. Because it was, it was like, it billed as like 40s on the sea, Scottish. And I was just like, oh, for Christ's sake. Here's what, but then it was, when you put that aside, the scene that I had to tape for was a tent, Arctic, stranded, dying. And I was like, oh, so he'll be scared. Is that like, no matter how long you're in the sea, yes. you're a human being. So I was like, <laughs> just play that you are fucking terrified. You're about to die. So and I thought all these boys would be like, and I'm like this. So I was like, I'm terrified. I'm scared. And yeah. And that's what, ah. yeah, God bless Andrew Haig. And I Every remember, episode, I was just like, he's still here, good. <laughs> I am a goodie, I was a goodie. I mean, kind of in and around, it's funny and that like, but to be included in that cast list for, for me and from my background, I was just like, this is mental. Nobody was more like, what the fuck than me. <laughs> like, you're like, morning, Colin Farrell. Hi, Stephen <laughs> Dale. More toast. What? And like Jack O'Connor, like all pals, like Jack O'Connor's a pal, we'll be pals for life. Like going through that experience, you're just like, of course we were going to bond because we were stuck on that fucking ferry boat for three weeks with no signal. Uh, like even, you know, you know, it's special when you've got Colin Farrell going, what the fuck is this? Never in my life did I think I'd do something like that. Really? It's okay. really seminal. Yeah. Like yeah. really seminal. And I think we'll all talk about it forever more. Because mm-hmm. it was really special, you know, and that mental brain of Andrew Higgs, like he's he's talk about delusional. I'm kidding. I love him. He his brain works like no one else's, and we would be up there, like in the middle of it all, standing on an ice floe, and I was just like, "Why have you done this to us? Why have you done <laughs> this? this? What were you thinking?" But what an adventure! What oh, an adventure! Uh, that, that, that's what I was thinking the whole time because it's one of those things like when you know somebody, I'm like, oh, they're scary. You know, just the scenery <laughs> and like even Stunning. just like obviously the costumes, like the period of it, like yeah. everything. It's just so. It was. Ex- I mean, it's exquisite television. It's television at its finest. Yes. It's classy. It's high end, and and so. F- if I never do anything else again, like I have that, I've experienced that, and and at the core of it, lovely people really good quality people top to toe crew production team mm. producers quality and that's what I loved about it I was like this turns me on more than anything mm-hmm. this is good people doing good work and it's fun you know fun and kind and open and we'd have a lot of camaraderie and a laugh and 
Yeah, that was special. That was special because a lot of listen, a lot of these sets, not everyone behaves. You know, yeah. There's a lot of egos, and there are a lot of monsters about. And on that, mm. we were blessed. We were blessed. So I'm very, very happy to be part of it. Yeah, because I'm sure that can tarnish mm-hmm. your oh, experience. Yeah, I mean, like, on something like that, if if yeah. one of us was like, "This is shy, I'm cold," negativity spreads like wildfire. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you kind of have to be very mindful of that. Nothing, a complaint of actors, they're like, that's what that's what the collective noun for them. Is it noun or actors? I get that wrong. A, col- a complaint of actors. And the other one is they say, um, oh, God, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, how do you get an actor to complain? Give him a job. Sorry, actors, I've totally bashed that up. There's a, there's a constant joke about it. We do like a moan. I'm tired. I haven't got my breakfast. I had the same conversation with Julie Wilson-Nimmo about that just just be nice to people yeah she and she's she's nice personified like she's so nice uh-huh. i was chatting to an american recently down here and he was like nice 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 i was like scottish people when we say nice we mean yeah. it it's not yeah, belittling it's- we're not like that's nice I, if i and i say it a lot i'm like i mean it nice is nice <laughs> i use <laughs> it in the context that. Yeah, and I think, obviously, in your world, it can be cutthroat in the sense of, like, not getting jobs, going up for jobs, feel that competitiveness with other people. I think I think so. If you think about it in that way, like, I don't put I, my, self, my self-respect is very, not always, listen, I'm not an angel, very rarely do I tie my self-worth to my jobs. Like, I don't, I don't go, oh, you're good because you've done the Northwater. I'm good, full stop. My talent is mine and I control it and it's mine to give. It's up to other people to go, if if they employ me, I'm like, great, you see it too. But I don't, I mean, I, I say this all the while waiting on a massive job, which has been in since before. I can't tell you what it is. But okay. the, one of these things that's really rattled my cage because I'm like, usually I'm very good. But the last couple of weeks I've been like, oh, my God, because it would be a life changer if it went. And, and it's it's one of the, the biggest okay. jobs I've auditioned for. But it, it it's eating me alive. It's destroying my soul because I'm just like, why won't they phone? And it's at this point now I'm like, so it's, I'm, I'm sitting here going, I'm amazing, I'm good. But there are certain jobs, usually I'm good, but there are certain jobs that just grab you by the throat. And this of course, is one you're of them. human. That's an interesting time if you're like, oh, you're not as, you're not as good as you thought. Because there are some that just get you where you're like, <laughs> it, it consumes your every waking moment. But surely that just invigorates the passion for it. It, it, it ignites that, oh yeah, I still love this because I care so much about it. It's important to me. It is important to me, yeah, of course. And in actual fact, if that if that goes, or even just to be in the room for that, or on the tape for that, you're like, holy fuck, like I was doing regional drama soaps five years ago. And yeah. now I'm doing that. You're like, so there is pinch me, pinch me, but I'm like, yeah, pinch me and geese the fucking job, please. Hurry up. Correct. <laughs> I haven't seen, but I absolutely am going to boiling point. There's so much like hype, and everybody's just like loving it. Or BAFTA nominations. That is incredible. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. I I was in Soho last night meeting friends, and I ran into one of the producers, and we both were like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" Did it feel like that on the set, like when you were doing it? No, it, it felt like what the fuck, absolutely. It didn't even feel like yeah, we're going to we're going to go to the BAFTAs. Um, I mean, I think the components of that, like again, talk about sort of kismet and, and meant to be. Like, obviously, I met Stephen on the North Water, and he yes. then took asked us to be part of Boiling Point from really? that. Yeah, yeah, that's how we do it. That's like, wonderful. I did the audition for that. Um, he was kind enough to extend that opportunity and and pull us up. There was Love four that. of us, me, me, Phil, Kieran and Stephen McMillan, all went to join Boiling Point. And he he said he was they'd done the shot at that point, they'd got funding for a, for a feature. It was all very abstract, but he didn't sell it. He sold it as it was. He was like, it is insane. It's, 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 a, it's intense. But it's so exhilarating and worth it. It's like you've not got a working experience like it. And listen, with Stephen Graham, I ask you to do anything. You say yes and then ask what it is. Like, I was very aware of that. I was like, talk about being ordained. I was like, oh, he thinks I'm good enough to be in his film. And you're thinking, I've just, like, been in the ice for, like, weeks and end. Surely it's not going to be any more intense than... Maybe his brain's frozen. <laughs> like, no, it was very, 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 very kind. And, and to be part of that, and we all knew it was special. We all knew it was special at the time because you you are on sets and what they keep saying is ensemble, ensemble, ensemble. Mm. You, you cannot have one without the other. There was no egos. It was, like, balls to the fucking wall. Go. But again, all my years in River City, my camera experience, I was so blessed. I was like, thank fuck, 
because it was scary. I'm not going to lie. It was exhilarating now, yes, but feared, pure feared. Be scared. Feel the fear and do it anyway. That's what that was like for me. And and then obviously we did, we, we got cut short. We were supposed to do four days, eight days. Basically we were meant to have eight films and we only got four. We only did four mm-hmm. attempts. And then it was like, right, off we go. The, the country's locking down and that'll happen. So the fact that that's out now and doing so incredibly well, it's like, Oh. Yeah, because you could have felt like oh, there was like an anticlimax. Again, I'm, I'm still in a lot of ways. I'm still a novice to this because, like you know, like auditioning for these big shows. I don't know what happens. I've never done it before. You know, I've been doing this for almost seventeen, sixteen, seventeen years, and I'm still like, I don't know. This is the first time I've been in a film that's nominated for Baftas. This is the first, you know, it's like I'm still new to it. You know, even though I've been doing it a long time. So it's, it's but it's really lovely to have these experiences as an adult because. You are grateful and appreciative, and I, it's, it is, it's, we're very, very proud of it. And it's such a beautiful team, top to toe. We've got a WhatsApp chat, which sometimes drives you mad, so it's been muted forever. But the camaraderie and the care and the, the, the fun, there's a bunch of really funny people in there. And that, again, is very seminal. Like We, we shared that experience. Because it's never been done. You know, there's a, 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 oh, I'm going to get this wrong, a film called Victoria. I forget what country, which country it's in. They did it, and we nobody in the UK has done it. So it, you know what I mean. You're just like, what? It's just mad, One isn't it? day it's live, and anybody that I sit and watch it with, I've watched it. I've watched it about three times now. Okay. I'm like, that's live. I'm still like, what? Some of those performances, you're like, holy fuck. I'm guessing you get to go to the Baftas then. Do you know what? I, I mean, I'm not far up enough in the pecking order to be like, hi there. Maybe another couple of scenes I might have, but. No, I'm definitely a supporting role in this one. Um, although, me being me, I do have connections and watch this space, dot, dot, dot. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I might begin in the service entrance, but I'll be there. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. You're the second person that I realised today is up, whose work is up for a BAFTA because I had um, the makeup artist um, from Dune, the film Dune, Donald Mowell oh, on the podcast. Donald, yeah. Speaking of Dune, as in D-O-O-N-E, who used to love these things, Clay's Horses, <laughs> she worked, she, she's a makeup artist in, on film and she yes. knows Donald very well. They're very good friends. I've spoken to him sort of over FaceTime, like, hi, hi, hi. He's a lovely soul, isn't he? He's the loveliest man. He kindly contacted me because he found the podcast. How nice is that? Just lovely people. Has he, has, has his life yet? Yes. We did it on lockdown. I need to listen to him. Hi, Donald. I know we know each other through Dune for Scythe, um, but I know your work is exquisite and she does speak very highly of him. She loves him. Yeah. But this is the thing. This is the joy of this podcast, you know, like getting to speak to you in this moment. Like I, I'm genuinely like, this is me being totally authentic. Like I'm so chuffed that you're doing this I, I massively admire you I just I know I don't know you you have a you way of know. making people yes <laughs> but you do have a way of making people feel that they do know you through and I know it's through Instagram God, I'm a troll upon that but I actually pure fangirl you like yeah. when I see you've put a video up I get excited <laughs> listen can I tell you if I could monetize that bloody Instagram I bloody should because there are I, people one, one of my friends is like she's like if she's like if I see that I've gone to, like if I've been on the wine and she can see that I've got loads of stories she's like I wait to the end of the day I, I'm, I'm them. I don't watch them at work she's like great I'll get to that free entertainment uh-huh and I was telling my pal yesterday I couldn't believe that as a fellow ginger, she wasn't following you. I was like, come on now. I mean, women and gays, I think there's a few gays in there that probably fancy me. Um, women and gays, my makeup is mainly women. It's hilariously women, women, a few guys, and actually some of the boys, boyfriends and husbands are like, oh, he's quite funny. So they, <laughs> I, I, get, I get followed off them. But yeah, it's mainly women. Yeah, but I love. I, love, I mean, you're you said hi guys, welcome back to my channel, and like I'm actually die every time you say I do, that. I do say that on my Instagram to take the piss out of YouTubers. It is very, it's um, it's me being funny. I'm not seriously going. This is my channel. I was trying to explain to my pal that yesterday we went out for lunch, and I was like, so. You know, the Instagrammers that love to take the shots next to, like, the painted houses. Well, I live in Notting Hill. It drives me mad. And you shout across the road, get the shot, get the shot. <laughs> I know my favourite is like, excuse me, you don't live there. <laughs> State of them. Like, zero shame. London's a whole different beast. Like, in Glasgow, they'd be like, I know, sorry. Yeah, they give zero fucks here. Zero fucks. And I'm here for it. Listen, I'm not here to police anybody, but you look like a fucking idiot. Step repeat. What in the last days when that you can't see what I'm doing when they hold their hair and look down? What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Why are you looking at the distance? It's just, I mean, I'm obsessed with it. 
I'm obsessed with it and I'm perpetuating it because I also have Instagram. But <laughs> you imagine me all of a sudden being like, oh my God, I just want to talk to you about these nasal strips that I've got from my clock floors. <laughs> I'd get shot. But we would totally be here for it. I mean, I'm just saying. happy to be sponsored Instagrammers. Like, I'm give me a share. If I'm like, in here, I'll talk about it. But don't sit like you're like, hi, I'm sponsored by bananas today. I'm holding a banana to my ear as if it's a telephone, by the way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And your poor, your poor pal, there's Natalie. Er Natalie. Do you see er she's Natalie. actually changed her handle to Er Natalie? That, listen, that gives me joy, joy more than anyone else. It makes me howl. People are like, Pit. so for purposes of those who want to know, Natalie McConaughey. It's under a rock and hasn't been watching your Instagram stories. <laughs> pops up. Oh my God. I just don't know how it's come up. It's my daft brain. But Natalie McConaughey is a dear, dear, dear soul sister of mine. I've known her since Langside College alongside Julie Kennedy. And we've been pals forever and we've really dragged ourselves through life. You know, she's been a sister and an ally and a tormentor. Hmm. for my whole life and and they and again with these pals I've most of my pals I've had for going on 20 years they know too much they're family I can't get rid of them <laughs> in the believe me I've tried <laughs> um and so it just ugh, I just love ripping the ass out of her she makes me laugh. <laughs> there's so many stories about her that just I'm going to share this because it's one of my favourites. So Erin Natalie is just basically watching a film with your siblings going, that's you, that witch is you. And I've somehow gone, there's a bend in the street, there's a hoover. Erin Natalie. Instead, like an old woman, oh my God, Erin Natalie. But then the people have started doing it as well. I'm like, the amount of time I get tagged, like, Erin Natalie. She's like, aye, right. My favourite story of hers is when I go to the dentist, like she's just batshit. She's off her fucking head. She is not right. And she was got she told me when she went to the dentist and she was getting like a molar done and she was totally like, Oh like she's a pure shitbag. Like a, she's very brave and she's a wonderful warrior woman, but she's also a shite bag. <laughs> <laughs> she was like oh! getting <laughs> anybody like anybody who's got bravery to do that, talk about brave. <laughs> Start at the dentist. Every time I go to the dentist, I start laughing because <laughs> I remember her doing it. And my dentist now in here, I, la- I start laughing and he's like, are you laughing at your friend? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Cloudy kind of back there like, ah. Oh. <gasps> I mean, she's got me shame. <laughs> she brings me joy at her misfortune. Of course. Constantly. That's what pals are fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, she's... Totally. I really, like, I totally admire that. You, you're obviously, like, a really inquisitive, like, you're a really observant person. The fact <laughs> yeah. that you've, like, observed that and you've honed in on it and yeah. you've made it funny and yeah. you're laughing at life and you're not taking things no. too seriously because, like you're saying, like, life can be serious and that you oh, are yeah. in a very serious industry yeah. and you work really hard and yeah. it's there's so much uncertainty and then oh, when you yeah. get the job and you've got to be all in it and... Yeah. You can't be thinking about anything else. So, like, to bring that funny aspect, that joy, laughing at yourself. Like the prism of life that I see, I'm like, yeah, look, there's a banana. I've just made it into a phone. Like, I, yeah, I'm a dafty. I'm a total dafty. I mean, the, the whole, um, it was like a running commentary of your neighbour falling over <gasps> and you thinking you were going to get a bravery award for, like, saving him. <laughs> and he fucking was just steaming. I was like, I think about him a lot. Turtle. He was this, my elderly neighbour across the way. And I, I was about to go to my bed, so I was furious. And he goes, yeah, he was like, can you get up? But I was scared. And t- I sent the police, the police, the ambulance away. <laughs> and they got up, he got to the fucking door, went to get up, let the ambulance man in. I thought I was like, yeah, Scottish hero, here I come. No, <laughs> it's time for you yet. Rolling about the kitchen there. Yeah, I am a hero. I am my own hero. So I guess the the what's next question, which is on yeah. my list here, can I, I, I tend to write a wee list before we start, Ooh. just in case I need a safety blanket. You know? so there's method to this madness? What? Oh, aye, totally. <laughs> but I know that it is a very much like cloak and dagger, can I tell you what's next? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, I don't know is the honest answer, but what, yes. I, what I do know to be true, um, I have, so Boiling Points Out, um, I did, I was part of Karen Perry, which is ITV World Productions, Lauren Lyle from Outlanders, the lead in that, and is mm-hmm. pretty brilliant. Um, so I've got mm-hmm. two, or two or three episodes of that. I can't remember what how many I go across, but it's a really lovely. Wee, it's a lovely wee role playing gay. Get your horses and swords away. He's he's nice and he pure Greeks and all that. So that oh. was lovely to film. Um, I think Outlander is going back at the end of March. Um, again, I'm not famous enough or part of it enough that they tell me when they'll just be like, "Hey, they want you." So I think that's looming at some point, but okay. 
Um, oh no, actually, I'm going up to do. I'm away on. That's why I've got this horrendous big fucking beard and crazy hair. He's so beard. I've had enough. Like I, I don't mind if, you, if you're paying me, I'll get it. But this is too much now because my mum says it hides my lovely face. I tried the moustache recently, and I was really into it. Mm-hmm. I think I'll bring that back. Your Swedish porn star vibes. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to yeah, I'm going to do a film next week in on the Yellow Lewis, which got oh lovely. COVID. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's actually special and a really nice, um, really nice team of people. So I'm doing that film, Karen Perry, and then potentially Outlander, and all to be seen if this big bastard yeah. thing comes in. Okay, well, I'm, I'm putting all the energy, all the positive energy your way. And any more plans to return to the stage? Because I'm aware that you did some live shows uh, a while back. And I'm yeah. gutted that I've never seen them because all the reviews, like I was watching all these yeah. videos on YouTube, and people are just like, he's amazing. I, mean, so I'm a ri- I am a talk about a ri- They were riotous. I yeah, enjoyed that. Um, is there any plans? I've still got a really good relationship with the Guild of Balloon. So I think mm-hmm. at some point for sure. My flatmate here um, is a lovely producer called Paula McGann, and she is obsessed. The first time we ever met, I was doing a, a stand-up. I did about a 10-minute section at a do. So that's how mm-hmm. we first met. The first time she clapped eyes on me, I was doing stand-up, for want of a better expression. Okay. So she is, like, obsessed with getting me to do it. And I was like, at yeah. some point, we, I promised her, I was like, you can produce it and we will do something, I promise. But mm. I kind of just was like, I did it for a couple of years and was like, it's quite lonely. And I was just fed up talking about myself. I was like, I've had enough. I want to go and be like part of your team. And so, but again, yeah. I'm glad I've got that skill doing black, black tie and stuff. And I've done loads of hosting and comparing mm-hmm. and standing in a room full of people and being like, I'm in charge. Like, I really get a buzz out of that. Like, sometimes yeah. I'll just be like, put your hands in your head and you all fucking <laughs> do it. <laughs> like, I'm just I've got the power. I once got a conga going around the Hilton. Like, within about three minutes, I was like, right, the world record holder for the best, longest congas held at Mary Hill. We need to top that today. Get up. 1,500 women doing a conga as I'm singing I Will Survive. That's power. That's showbiz. Stick that in your CV. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do enjoy the buzz of that. There is there is a, there is a skill in there that I know I've got, 100%. and it's, that's nice to have. Yeah, so pay me thousands of pounds and I'll host your black ties, but I can't be fucked doing Stand up and eat that whole. I mean, people call it stand up. Like my balls shoot up in my body. I'm like, oh no, 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 because that's no offense to stand up, but your particular brand of being, I can't be bothered with. It's too much. It's too me, 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 me. And they're always trying to get a joke, and not all of them. Listen, please don't come for me. Cancel me. Stand up, but some of them, I'm like, you are exhausting. You are exhausting, and I don't ever want to be that. Fair enough. I am going to get cancelled. Come in, me, Anthony Cancel. Come back. He's all. <laughs> I'm, under, I'm under my doobie I'm under my doobie, I'm hiding my clothes are just... <laughs> but no, I think it, that's you being real and that's you being honest yeah. and that's what the yeah. podcast is all about and careers take many twists and turns they that do. you will not even Life be able to foresee linear children and that's no. a bit, lovely bit of advice I first got when I was fretting down here like going for a pure crap job and this lovely recruitment lady was like life isn't linear it's okay mm-hmm. that you're not you're doing this for now and that's really stuck with me life is not linear and life is for living like I've done every job under the sun and I'm proud of it you know loads of actors are kind of a bit like uh, scared to say acting's hard self-employment is difficult and if you get to if you get any periods of time where that's your sole sole thing you're lucky you're in the top you're in the top two percent so do not ever be ashamed of your side hustles. They make you who you are and you meet some funny people as well. So true. Hence why I've met you. <laughs> this is very much the unpaying side hustle that I'll, I adore and I need to remember sometimes that is my, my job because I would just do this all day long. <laughs> no, God, if we could pay to do this. Yeah, my wee cousin actually, my wee cousin Connor at Christmas was like, you'd be good at podcasting. I was like, I'm too lazy to have a podcast, but this is fun. I've really enjoyed I like a chat. Thank you so much. I'm not going to take up too much more of your time because I know you'll be sweating underneath that contraption. But I do a thing called the hingamajigs, which are just random questions that I select from at the end of the podcast mm-hmm. just for each guest to see mm. what your answer would be today. Okay. We're not going to hodge you to it. Okay. Um, roasted cheese or toasted cheese, what do you call it? To- toasted, toast and cheese, toast and cheese. Toast and cheese, toast good and enough. cheese. Biggest pet peeve? Oh, I've got a lot. I get angry a lot. I have a r- real irrational things that pe- pet peeves. Um, biggest pet peeve: <sighs> loud people. I hate loud. I've, I'm very noise sensitive to loud voices. Um, 
how long have you got? Let's say that. And um, and um, conceitedness, unkind, people who are unkind, biggest pet peeve. Can't stand it. Here, here. Best gift you've ever been given? And that can be a physical thing or just like maybe words of wisdom, whatever oh. you want to interpret that as. Best gift I've ever been given. I mean, obviously life through my mum and dad. Wah, wah, wah. Um, <laughs> no, best gift I've ever been given. Yeah, sage wisdom. I'm very good at these wee nuggets of things, you know, like like taking that thing. And recently, like January has been and has continued to be rough. And some of my pals have given me really wee nuggets that I'm like, ding, remember that. Because I have been kind of spiraling this month, like, this is scary. What I'm terrified about 2022 thus far for me is very like 2021. And I'm terrified of having another year like that. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. I, I cannot do it. So I'm totally like freaking out. So yeah, f- 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 wisdom from friends. I like that. Yeah, because I think it's probably important to know because I think we started the podcast talking about mental health and we didn't delve into it too much. But I think you're right. Like it's just taking those nuggets from the people around us, the things that we're hearing, the positive things, and and holding on to that, especially more now more than ever. Yeah. So yeah, and also I've I've gifted myself very nice uh, mulberry bags. Oh, <laughs> I've got two, yes. and I love them. I've got two. I used to be in the telly. <laughs> still on. <laughs> what does the world need more of? Kindness, tolerance, open-mindedness, etc., etc., etc. It's very simple, actually. That really does. I think that's age that does that to you, isn't it? You start going, like, come on, this is simple. Life is hard, but living is simple. Just don't be a cunt. And you said, I'll not say that I one. Say, but in that context, come on, some people are huge, massive ones and shouldn't be. Yeah, kindness, tolerance, open mindedness. I hate narrow. I mean, can you imagine being narrow minded? Can you imagine hating gay people? Can you imagine that being your prism of life? In actual fact, when people get upset about it, I'm like, I, as a gay person on the margins of life, society, I pity them. I take back control and go, I pity you that you live your life like that. I feel sorry for you that that's your life, that you have that that much hatred in you. You're missing out on a lot of good, good shit. You're so right. I don't give a fuck what people think about me outside my loved ones. The rest can go to like I love that RuPaul says that. If you don't pay my bills, I don't I do not care. If you're if you're not in my inner inner world or you're paying me for something, I don't give a fuck what you think. Next. It's very simple. Who would you choose to narrate your life? <laughs> Because obviously that'll happen one day. Um, I would love that. Um, who would I choose to narrate my life? Probably me. I'm so conceited. Um, I would. I mean, it would have to be someone like Stephen Fry, that nice soft. Or actually, do you know who? Mar- Miriam Margulies. She's great. <gasps> love her. I know my luck at Benatley going. Eh, see him by the way, or maybe yeah, somebody who could talk like that. I'd like to be Glasgow Mammy to do it. <laughs> I, I think I would choose you, Gary. I think I'd choose <laughs> yeah. your voice to anything. Available for voiceovers. Uh, Glasgow Mammy, please fuck my room. Miriam, Miriam gets in the work. A Glasgow Mammy nondescript. Preferably for the gorbos. Yes. But Glasgow Mammy putting on her posh phone voice. That's who I want. Hello. Saying the telephone number is the answer. <laughs> yes. Thanks. That's what I want. <laughs> oh, I'm actually sad to be finishing this conversation oh, but I do switch up all the questions but the last one I ask everyone mm-hmm. because it's called Liberal on the Brave is what is your favourite Scots word or phrase oh I've got lots my favourite Scots word or phrase is get to fuck <laughs> and on that note <laughs> I can hear the title music coming back in <laughs> As a fader or after together. Mm. <laughs> I don't think you said that before. I think that's a first. Yeah, no, that I used that recently, and it's it's it it covers a lot of bases, which is nice. We I, I, I listen like, again. Doing for side, who used to live with me here. We would be like, I love being Scottish. Yes. I, like I love it. I love us. I love us. <laughs> and, and I live with a, a Celt. I live with Paula's from Tipperary, so like she she gets in because we're we're sort of Celtic. But yes, I love being Scottish. We are great. 
I do like when you put on your Instagram and like the likes of Jean, your lovely friend Jean Johansson. Yeah, no comment. Come and visit you, and I'm like, I can just imagine how much hilarity ensues when shrill. people come to visit you. The word for us too is shrill. We fight like fuck. It's hilarious. She's like, I fight more with her than I do my actual sister. <laughs> she drives me fucking mental. I love to hear my be there and you were phoning to report a hate crime. <laughs> She's evil. She's evil incarnate. But we, like, we're that close that like anything bad that happens to each other, we fucking love it. Love it. Like she gets. If we get any hate, we're like that. I just see it happening to us all the while howling. And you need people like that. Life is like this business is very serious. And to have she is my rock solid support. Speaking of Craig, when I knew Jean was my pal, we were at some event in Glasgow, and this batshit hairdresser was coming for me. Hang it, like just the shit side of being on the telly. It happens yeah. a few times. Steaming and she was just being a total vile monster. And I went back to the table. I was like, oh, that just starting to meet. And the two of them, Craig Alexander Wilson and Jean, up. Who? Yes. Where? And I was like, I'm keeping both of them. Sadly, Craig's no longer with us. But I was like, pals for life. That's when I was like, they're my people. Would start fighting for you. So yeah, she's been in and she's, yeah, she has a godsend, but don't tell her I said that. Sending the soundbite to right now. She won't listen. She she starts. People are like, oh, his stories are funny. I'm not interested. Don't watch them. She's evil. <laughs> She's fucking evil. <laughs> she loves you really. She, she loves you really. Yeah, she would fight for me. She would fight a hairdresser for me. That's when you know you've got. A That's pal. the kind of pals you need. Up, exactly. Full upright. <laughs> the two of them. I was like, I love. Do this. not mess. Honours. Hashtag honours. That's that's the word. That's the word. Yeah, honours is good. Yeah, honours <laughs> is good. <laughs> Gary, you're like honestly, I knew this was going to be a joy. Oh, thanks. But I really do appreciate that serious side that you obviously yeah, showed I, here. Like, I do you're, have you're it. You're a well-rounded yeah. person. I am, yeah. And you have so much wisdom, and thanks. you're so talented, and you're on this amazing journey. And it's just been lovely to speak to you at this point in it. And uh, you know, I'm yeah. just looking forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you. Me too. Me too. We'll check back in ten years' time, and we'll have all my Baftas and Oscars adorned <laughs> on the clay horse. <laughs> I'm holding you that. Don't get into the clay horses. Just however big you get. How else are you going to dry your clays? I don't have a garden. (laughs) Well, I'm going to let you um, out of the clay horse. And thank you so much. You're so welcome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braun the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.